Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. So we begin each of our classes with a blessing, and I invite everyone to place your hand on your heart as I'm doing, and take a breath of love and gratitude with me, please, as we remember that the kingdom is within, that it's in our heart where the treasure lies. For all of us who've been seeking outside of ourselves and now we're turning within and remembering that all that is holy, all that is beautiful and pure is our true nature, that we are truly unlimited, unprecedented spirit. And we are grateful to remember this together right now, that this truly is a sacred circle of love and light. And we're transcending time and space using technology to come together in this way and to dedicate ourselves to remembering the truth about ourselves, about life, about our families, our loved ones. So grateful and so thankful right now to dedicate ourselves to this practice of love, walking the talk and living the love, remembering our true identity as the perfect givers and receivers of love, extending love to everyone, remembering that we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we rejoice to live the love right now. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So this week, it's week four in Living a Course in Miracles, and we have John Mundy, author of Living a Course in Miracles. <laughs> and I love that your book and this series have the same name, and it's just, I think, a... Um, a clear remembering that uh, it's really about living these teachings, not studying them and becoming an intellectual expert 
on the words or the the ideas, but embodying it so fully, taking it into our hearts so fully that we are the living representation of this love that A Course in Miracles is reminding us we are. And uh, your book, John, Living A Course in Miracles, is such a practical, helpful guide for us. And I know that this week our class in Walking the Talk in Your Family is uh, going to be very helpful for people because, as I've said to you before, I I believe, at least for me personally, walking the talk in my family has been the most challenging and the most rewarding thing for me. Uh, Have you found that to be true for yourself too? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it has. It's also true in in other ways professionally and at work and things like that because any any place that you have a special relationship, which it means that a, a relationship in which you've got expectations and anticipations about the way the other person is supposed to behave in relationship to you, and then if they don't behave that way, you get to get upset about it or make some adjustments. Or so that's that's the real learning. It's really learning the course, and and we have to. We don't. I mean, we don't have a choice, especially. Always won't don't always have a choice with our families. You know, I did, our parents are our parents, our brothers and sisters are our brothers and sisters, our children are our children, et cetera. So we have to learn how to live with these. These are our teachers, and we ask for these teachers. So we should be able to learn the lesson that they're here to teach us. <laughs> Whether we like it or not. <laughs> yeah, actually, you'll you really like it if you if you learn the lesson, then you're going to like it. That's it. That's it right there. Yeah. That's it. We don't have to say that so we can shut down now. <laughs> <laughs> and and I like what you were saying before uh this in the pre class chat about uh aha aha ha <laughs> having an aha ha. Right. Well, the, the, the course is about, look at chapter one, section two, it's called Time, Revelation, and Miracles. And really what we're, what we're searching, searching for here is freedom from a tyrant that we call an ego, which is a very strange thing because it doesn't even exist. And yet it looks like it does. I mean, it looks like it does so much that it's the revelation of the fact that the thing doesn't exist, once you get that, once you see that, once you begin to experience some freedom from it because you don't have a need to play it the silly game anymore, it does come as a as a as a revelation, I like or a recognition or uh I like to use the word recognize. You mm-hmm. recognize, you you see it again it, it comes back into the the truth comes you know when you discover the truth you're not really discovering anything that hasn't been there all along it's just as it's as though you're seeing it for the first time but it's not really the first time because it's always been a part of your mind that's why you, the course places a symphonous emphasis on the fact you're already perfect i mean you're already perfect you're already there this whole process has been completed but that's why this whole thing is, is then as a dream and, and why the whole process of the Course is really an awakening from the dream 
and as when you awaken from the dream and sometimes it's really kind of a a nightmare it may seem like a nightmare that we're in in terms of the the family relationships that we're in because we don't seem to have a choice and you know one of the one of the things that often happens in dreams is that it doesn't seem like there's any way out. You can't find the exit. There's no door. You know, you're stuck here in the mm-hmm. situation. But there's there is a freedom which can be found in the mind, essentially by letting. I think probably it has been at least in the past. I don't know what it is now, but in the past, I know one of the lines that I quoted the most often from the course was. Let him be what he is. Seek not to make of love an enemy, or which could be let her be who she is. Let it the situation be who, what it is. And and doing that is just marvelous because we just get to let people be. And that's what really what people want from us more than anything else is just to let them be, even when they're making mistakes. You know, no li- nobody likes to be corrected. And 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 you know we don't enjoy watching our children or our mates for example, make wrong decisions, but it's not our job to go beating them go beating them up about it either. If we try to do that, that's just going to make the situation worse. You'll never get what you want by doing that. Now, John, in your book, Living a Course in Miracles, mm-hmm. you have a chapter called Healing the Terrorist Within, and it's a focus on anger and responsibility. And in my life experience, a lot of my challenges regarding anger and responsibility uh, have been in my family. And uh, I I know for me, uh, for many, many years, my mind was not a safe place for my family members. That I was continuously, as much as I said I loved them, I had a a lot of resentments, and I was uh, constantly sending attack thoughts with my mind. And uh, it's been uh, an extraordinary journey of healing for me because I made a commitment to transform that and to change my mind. But for many, many people, this is a great, for spiritual seekers particularly, this is a great cause of tremendous despair that they say they love people, they say the love is unconditional, but they ha- they harbor attack thoughts and anger and resentment. So for people who are really challenged to walk the talk in their family and just hold that loving space, um, let's let's see if we can focus and give them some some help. Do you have a, a a number one thing? Now you said let him be who he is. Let her be who she is. Mm-hmm. Not correcting your family members. That right for many people. Don't try to fix them. <laughs> for many people, but, they they have this attachment to trying to fix them. But you can't fix them. It's not your job to fix them. And you're, it's not it's not about fixing our mates or our kids. It's about loving them. See, the only thing that your child, if you have a child, if anyone does, the, the thing that they're going to remember about you the most after you're gone, their lives and this planet, 
the thing they're going to remember the most is whether or not you love them. And if they feel as though you love them, that was the main thing. And and we, we love them, actually, by letting them be there. Now, that doesn't mean that we we let them do things that are hurtful or, or illegal or, you know, damaging. You know, it doesn't mean that we it, – it's a really difficult task walking this – this path in which we we have to let people be who they are at the same time we provide guidance and we provide a sense of direction. But the, really the primary way that we provide guidance and direction is by living this course in front of them, by doing the course in front of them, which means that we take this seriously, which means that, for example, we do not attack. I mean, you just do not attack. It, it's just so incredibly simple. That's why the Course says, you know, anger is never justified. It doesn't mean you should never get angry. It just means that if you do get angry, you've really got to kind of stop and look and recognize that there's something that's really gone wrong with my thinking processes someplace. Otherwise, I wouldn't be angry right now. That's why the line is, is from the Course, of course, as you know, is anger is never justified. Again, it doesn't say never get angry. It just says it's never, it's not justified. We have to learn how to let these folks be who Nobody likes to be corrected. See, the thing about the ego, the way the ego works is if you confront somebody's ego, what they do instantaneously inside their own mind, even if they don't say anything, which is what you told me that you were doing, mm-hmm. is that you start attacking the person back, even if you don't do it phys- physically or, or verbally, verbally. Mm-hmm. you're still you're still doing it in your mind. Mm-hmm. You're still USOB, you know, you're thinking about mm-hmm. it because that's just where the ego lives. That's the ego. That's why the this incredible emphasis on the course on defenselessness. And in defenselessness, my safety lies. That may be a difficult thing to understand, but boy, oh boy, is that true. There's nothing to defend. What are you defending? Some kind of silly ego? Uh, that doesn't need a defense. <laughs> that's, that you just leave it alone. Let it be what it is. And and on the other hand, the other side of it is that when you are experiencing attack coming your way, then what you really need to do is to is to listen to just to really really listen to what that person is saying. And to ask yourself a really important question, which is namely, why are they saying this? And are they are they completely out of their gourds? Are they are they absolutely idiots? Or is there maybe a little bit of truth in there? Maybe maybe they're saying something that I need to hear. Maybe there's something that I can do. Maybe there's something I can say. Maybe there's some change that I can make in myself. That's where the course is about responsibility. You know that that wonderful. Uh, section from chapter 21, section 2 on on responsibility. I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience. I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that happens to me, I ask for. So this, I'm I'm asking. (laughs) The screaming kid is screaming at me, and I'm actually asked for this. (laughs) And 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 I ask for it because this is my teaching. This is my lesson. My lesson is, how do I love in this kind of a situation? Jesus is hanging on a cross. He's being crucified, and 
people are jeering at him and and he doesn't see it as an attack and that's a really heavy duty lesson and and he, and he says you don't have to do this i mean you don't have to go this far you don't have to be crucified but you know you you don't want to see the attack because the attack it, then you're seeing separation and what we we don't want to be seeing separation we want to be seeing union we want to see being coming together we want to be literally be loving so there's no course in miracles for children but so the way you teach the course in miracles to children is that you just live it out loud in front of them and they see that this is the right way to live they see that things like anger and, and attack don't work so and there's no need to practice it so don't even <laughs> you don't even have to go there because it's not it's not an example that you're being given as the way the world works cuz first of all the world doesn't work that way. The world now, the heaven doesn't work that way. Right. I love what you're saying and when when you are talking about anger is never justified and that that teaching is so helpful to me it really I was able to work that and it helped me to transform any self-righteousness that I had that I could ex- you know that I I was justified in any way, and what it also reminded me of, since we're talking about family, is when I was a kid and I would get upset, my dad would say to me, "Now Jennifer, there's no reason for you to be upset." And when I was a little kid, uh-huh. I didn't know what to do with that because right. I, you know, when you're six years old, you, you kind of don't need a reason. You know, to be upset. You, just, you know, it's like, Dad. You know, I'm sorry. I I can't write you a little essay on why I'm upset. <laughs> I just need your help. Right. And so, um, as adults, we can say our anger is ne- our expressions of anger, our our feelings of anger aren't justified. So the attack is never justified. But when little kids are upset and they're angry and they're having a meltdown how can we you know walk the talk of a course in miracles and and call upon the holy spirit how how can we deal with that kind of a specific challenge cuz all the parents listening are are thinking yeah i need that kind of help right well, again, it's the same thing. You let you kind of let them be who they are. It doesn't mean that you don't do any kind of discipline. It doesn't mean that you don't send them to the ground. It doesn't mean that, you know, probably and one of the things that you need to do is to get to a place of, of peace as quickly as you possibly can. When my daughter, uh, we're very fortunate, our daughter still lives with us at the age of 25. What, what's fortunate about that is that it's just so nice having a relationship with an adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> an adult to an adult, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went through a really difficult time during the teenage years, and she taught me a lot. In fact, as I dedicated one of my earlier books to her as my teacher because I said she was teaching me all the things that a, a teacher of God needs to learn, and then I actually listed all the things that a teacher of God would learn. Um but when I noticed, for example, that something would happen, doesn't make a difference what it was, and I would begin to see something beginning to come up inside me that wanted to attack her uh, verbally, 
do at that point was to turn around and walk away. I mean, to literally go to my office to get out of the room and to let her do the same thing. And to to calm down, to get to that quiet place again. Because as long as either one of us were crazy, there was not going to be any chance of being able to talk about this. Because they would just got into some sort of a shouting match and that would that would never work. So <clears throat> I would I would step out of the room and it really, really worked very well in that I found that later when sanity had returned to both of our minds, um, <laughs> there was this one incident several years ago and I don't remember what happened that, that particular evening. But the next day, she and I were going somewhere alone together in the car, and I and it was a pretty nice, quiet time. And I thought, you know, this is really a good time to bring up that subject that we were dealing mm-hmm. with and, and the anger the night before. And I was just about to, to to say something, and just as I was about to say something, it was like intuitively, she turned to me and she said, you know. I need a new boyfriend. <laughs> Just as calmly and peaceful as anything. And I said, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> you know, I just put it right back in her. You know, mm-hmm. she just said it. I mean, she she said it. I didn't have to say it. She said it. You know, so, and then putting it to her, what are you going to do about it? You know, what, do you, what do you want to do about it? Of course, that all eventually got worked out. That was several years ago. Mhm. Mhm. Right. Now, and how long have you been so, married? Uh, fifteen years. So. So, so our daughter was adopted, and my wife had her before we met. Mm. So Sarah was seven when years old mm-hmm. when she came into my my life, and. Um, but we've been together ever since then. We, we were together for several years before we got married. So we've been married for 15 years, but we've been together for like 18 years, I guess it is, or something like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure that in your you, – you, you probably have a unique experience in your relationship because you've been together 18 years, but you have been – uh, student of the course for how many years now? Thirty-seven years. <laughs> From the beginning, since before it was published. Yeah. I started with the manuscript. Right. So you entered into the relationship with your wife and with your daughter um, already uh, so steeped in the course. But you got to tell us, John. Did did the have you felt yourself really challenged to walk the talk in your relationships and your well, sure. what I find is that you know if you're an earnest student of the course, if you keep doing it you you kind of keep taking it to deeper and deeper and deeper levels because you have to because the course is asking you to, and you can't fool yourself into thinking that you got it um, as long as you see that there's any kind of anger or attack thoughts 
or coming up inside you at all or projections. See, the main thing about the Course, at least it's the main thing that I like to emphasize, because I also taught courses on mysticism for many years at the State University here in New York, and I wrote a book called What is Mysticism? The way you come to a mystical experience, the way anybody pre-course in, in history, the way anybody has come to, to a mystical experience is by giving up the projective mind. That's why I think that the, the first three words of Chapter 21 are so crucial in terms of understanding the whole course. It's a sentence which appears twice in just three words, but it's projection makes perception. So if you really understand that projection makes perception, you know, the world you see is what you make it. Nothing. And you got to underline that word, nothing. It's nothing more than that. So if it's nothing more than that, and I'm making it up, I'm, I'm actually asking for whatever these experiences are that, that I'm experiencing, but I really have to see that, and I have to stop the projection. You, you have to stop the projection in order to see. That's why let other people be who they are. Once you stop the projection, once you let other people be who they are, then you get to see the things the way they really are, and, and the way they really are, they're fine. They're just they're just fine. It's really quite it's quite lovely. Just letting folks be what they're, even if they're being crazy. You know, even if this kid is shouting and yelling, you know, but you're not taking it seriously. You're not getting invested in it. You're literally kind of, as the course is above the battlefield at that point. You're you're looking at the situation and you're seeing the situation, but you're not making an investment in. It. You're not. I mean, you're not making an emotional investment. You're not literally letting it get you upset. There's no reason why you would get upset. <laughs> to get upset, <laughs> I like the word upset because, you know, the word upset, you know, the course is, you know, you're never upset for the reason you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're upset, the only way you can ever be upset is you've got to have a setup. So you set it up. You set it up just so that you could get upset. I'm, I'm studying Spanish, and um, the word for upset in uh, Spanish is tornado. And uh, it's interesting because the word tornado, and you're supposed to roll that R better than I did, <laughs> um, <clears throat> has the word tornado in it. Mm-hmm. It's literally, so I thought, isn't that interesting? So I look up the root of the word tornado, and what it means is to have a thunderstorm. <laughs> mm. Literally, the word upset in Spanish means to have a thunderstorm. Or it means, literally, transtornado means a thunderstorm is coming through, right? Well, do you mm-hmm. want a thunderstorm coming through your mind? <laughs> Nobody really wants that. Uh, so you would, what you have to do is to learn how to stop it as quickly as you possibly can. And whether you turn around and walk away or whether you just get quiet or whether you just wait, you know, sometimes it's just important just wait. You know, that's why there's that wonderful section of the course, I need do nothing, because very often it really yeah. that's all that's needed is to do nothing. The whole thought that you have to do something, that you have to fix something, is a mistaken perception. So because you, if you're projecting, you are not seeing correctly. You can just be sure you are not. If you're angry, you are not seeing the situation correctly. You want to see it as Christ would see it, as, as the Holy Spirit sees it. 
that Christ isn't upset. The Holy Spirit isn't going to go crazy. <laughs> you think Jesus got upset with the disciples because they weren't getting it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and one of be who they were. One of the things that I do when uh, I I I learned to do when I was uh, really challenged to walk the talk in my family relationships is to say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me see this clearly. And I I think you're making such an important point, John, about projection and perception because this is one of the most challenging things for many Course in Miracles people. And we have to remember, too, in this class that we have a lot of people who are uh, ha- haven't even bought the book yet, but they're they're getting there. They're curious, and that's why they're participating in this class. And so what I have found is that many people come to understand that what they're experiencing is a projection. They come to understand it when they're willing to change their mind and then they are experiencing something different. So when people are, and this was certainly true of me, when I was uh when I really held my feet to the fire and said, girl, you are going to see your family differently and we're going to, you know, we're going to take no prisoners here. We are not, there's no, there's no give in this. You are going to walk the line here. You are really going to walk your talk. And so I found myself, what I do, John, is when I have, um, crazy thoughts, judgments, attack thoughts, opinions, I and I recognize that I'm starting to feel off balance because I'm holding on to a thought that's not true and trying to convince myself of it. I what my technique is I mentally place it on my altar. And that's my way of giving it to God, giving it to the Holy Spirit, giving it to the higher self and saying, I'm not interested in thinking this thought anymore, so I'm making an offering of it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, I just would make an offering, you know, 1500 times a day, <laughs> especially if I was right. visiting my family. And it really right. worked for me. It really worked for me. And that's how I got total clarity about the, what I think of as the law of projection and perception. And, uh, because when I changed my mind, everything changed. Sure. All thought All produces form at some level. That's right. So you see it wholly differently, and it's really quite wonderful. Now, here's a question for you, because this is a question I get all the time. People want to know, how do they handle when they have a family member or a loved one or a co-worker who's a complainer? <laughs> Right. It's really kind of the same thing. Because you're a yeah, spiritual speaker, really positive thinker, you want to keep things positive, and you have a close person in your life who has, is appears to be dedicated to complaining. Right. Many so spiritual again, speakers want to teach them and change them. What do they do? You can't change them. It's not a matter <laughs> of trying to change them or to teach them. It's Again, it really is a matter of, of letting them be who they are. Now, that doesn't mean that there may, may not be times when you can try to talk to them about
about what's going on in a very sane and civil sort of way. But on the whole, you just, again, you just, you let them be. You let them be. Okay, but what if the person doesn't like the way they be? <laughs> well, they probably don't like the way that they be. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a complainer. Right? <laughs> but how are the, the, what example are you going to give them about what is the correct way to be? You're going to still be peaceful and loving despite the situation that's going. You're not going to be a, you're not going to be feeding the attack and getting defensive and angry yourself. That is definitely not going to help. That's going to create a really unstable family situation, much more unstable than before. I know it's really difficult. It's really difficult to hear this, but there there is no other way to heal it. You've got to be loving. You got to be kind, even under those conditions. And you may wonder why you you know you put yourself under those conditions, but still, there it is. So you listen. You listen to him. You listen to whatever is going on. Um, <laughs> I know this. That's that answer may seem a little bit simple, but um, well, and it's I was really not a matter of. Well, I, I would say to you that many people are hearing that answer. They're thinking, I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to give them an opportunity to walk down the road of complaining for hours and hours because then we both feel uh, sick and upset and disgusted. Well, another possibility is to is to say, you know, I'm... I'm leaving now. <laughs> I'm going. You know, I'm going to another room, or I'm 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 going out for a walk, or I'm going to my office, or I'm, you know, whatever it is. But to do it in a not a not a non-attacking kind of a way, you know. But so without rolling your eyes and huffing. <laughs> yeah, without rolling your eyes, without huffing, without attacking in any way whatsoever. That never works. That's the whole point. That's why it's never justified. And you're just going to make the other person more and more angry and more and more defensive. Well, that's and more it. And, more than the, and the whole situation will just become increasingly disabled. Well, it's this not is a matter of reason. You can't reason with somebody when they're, you know, if somebody's angry, it, they are literally at that time temporarily insane they're literally temporarily insane not from insane poisoning but temporarily it's insane it's, ins it's insane to be insane <laughs> it's crazy to be mad mm-hmm <laughs> once many many years ago i made a mistake um my daughter was screaming and yelling about something i forgot what it was and <laughs> I said, honey, right now you are temporarily insane. <laughs> that was wrong. That was me. That was wrong on my part. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> she just turned at me and screamed back, temporarily insane am I? <laughs> God. Well, <clears throat> I didn't make the right choice at that point. But <laughs> well, you know what comes into my mind now, John, is to in that moment, if we're feeling, if we're in a challenge with someone, whether it's a family member or a coworker, we're in a, 
a challenge with someone, meaning we don't feel we have the inner resources. We're starting to feel uh, upset and insane ourselves, then perhaps one thing we could do is we could call upon the Holy Spirit and say, in this moment, I would like to be truly helpful to all of us. How do I do that? And not think we already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You, you just got through saying it. I mean, you just do what you just said. Mm-hmm. You indicate, you know, I, I need help right now. I need to see this differently. Help me to see this differently. Mm-hmm. Help me to let this person be who they are. And that's perfectly possible. You can do it. And it does work. It does take mm-hmm. practice, but it works. Yeah. And you it's can a- have sanity. Yes. Yeah, we've proved it. I know I have. I know you have. Right. So oh, sure. It comes back to that willingness. Right. Right. Cultivating the little willingness to not think we already know how it should be, what should happen. Oh, forget about that. You don't. No. <laughs> just uh, this, this great line just came across. Tolstoy says, everybody... Wants to fix the world, nobody wants to fix themselves. You know, he said that 150 years ago, right? <laughs> and it's true. It's not about fixing the world or and, and the world being anybody or anything in the world. It's only about fixing myself. It's only about coming to clarity within one's own mind. And if my mind can be clear and loving and, and and if I can be kind then I will have the right I will know what the right response is regardless of the circumstances you know one thing that comes into my mind that creates um, uh, this or experiences that people have that are very challenging for them are when loved ones are seem to be addicted to alcohol, uh sex, gambling, anything like that where the 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 person feels helpless to help their addicted loved one. How right. how do we work with our mind in that kind of a circumstance? Right, that's really difficult. I mean, it's really difficult to to watch that or, or to see that. Sometimes you've got to let the person go through that. I mean, you've got to be with them and let them know that you love them. But also, you know, it doesn't mean that, for example, if you're in an abusive relationship, an abusive partner, for example, it certainly doesn't mean you can't leave. There's nothing that says you've got to stay in that kind of a situation. That may be very well be exactly the kind of thing that you need to do because if there's no reason to be abusing yourself and you know to be putting up with it in that sense i mean if it's a, if it's a consistent thing that doesn't change and there's no improvement in the situation you might have to just literally step out of the situation if you can now if it's a child or something it's a little bit different but and you do whatever you can for them but i mean if you put them in a program if if you can put them in a program, I don't know. It depends on, on the situation and on 
the kind of addiction that you're talking about. But it's not a matter of trying to necessarily try to fix them. You have to live the course out loud in front of them. So they see what the right choices are. You have to be Christ in front of them. Indeed. Right. I know many years ago, I, uh, my minister, Michael Beckwith, here at Agape, he told a story about how uh, he set the intention one year to be unbotherable. He set that as a New Year's intention. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was inspired by that, and I said, you know, I'm going to set that intention. And mm-hmm. it was so deeply transformative to sure. really say, okay, I'm going to be unperturbable, I'm unbotherable, which means I have to do my inner work. Not to be in denial, you know, you know, but to be able to work with my mind and how I hold uh, everything that's going around. How am I contributing to the upset? You know, and and uh, it's that level of responsibility, which is why I was bringing up your your chapter in Living a Course of Miracles. Uh, healing the terrorist within we we have to be willing to take responsibility and this is something that many spiritual seekers they they will study spiritual material they'll study a course in miracles backwards and forwards and quote it like scripture but the actual uh, application and the the deep commitment to really walk the talk and live the love uh, uh many times spiritual seekers don't even see that because uh, to me, that's the spiritual practice. And uh, without the practice, there's nothing. Right. There isn't, because there's no change. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It doesn't there's matter no if you can... You. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you intellectually know. If you don't practice it, you don't actually know it. That's right. It's so not every- real until it's inside you. Yeah, so what you're saying is every situation where it seems like our family members are upsetting us, this this is perfectly designed for our healing. The healing that we're praying for, perfect. the healing that we most desire is contained in this moment of upset that our family members are presenting to us right now. That's right. This is the way you're learning. This is your teacher. You asked this teacher to teach you this. So you should learn your lesson. Ask this parent, this child, whoever it is, <laughs> teach you. Now, what about asking a family member to do something differently? Like, let's go back to the it. complainer. You can you can say that you would you know would, you'd rather that they didn't do that. That doesn't mean that there's going to be any kind of change, and you certainly don't want to do it at a time that uh, some sort of attack is going on. Now your your daughter is an only child, but do you have any uh, advice for folks who have several children, and maybe their children are fighting? How do you teach? them to love out loud, to to live the love. 
obviously, if, if you're an adult and you see a couple of kids fighting, you know, and, and especially if it's a situation where they're in danger of hurting themselves, you don't you don't allow them to continue to do it. You step in, and you wouldn't want to let one person hurt another person. It's kind of like, okay, you go to your corner, you go to your corner, you leave each other alone, and you get quiet again. You just you set you have to set boundaries, obviously, in situations like that. Give them a chance to, as I said before, to cool down. And then later to remember that they love each other, actually. So sometimes so you have to step in and create that, that... uh well, sure you do. Mm-hmm. Under those kind of circumstances, yeah. Right. And that's what we have police for and the society yeah. that we're part of. Yeah. To say, this sometimes is not okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sure, it's because it may not be okay, especially if somebody's hurting somebody else. Mm-hmm. And hurting with words. Yeah, in any way. And and I have done that in my family where I said to family members, I have decided that I'm going to treat myself with total love and kindness. I'm inviting everyone in my life to do the same. And I'm, I've made a decision that if people aren't willing to make a commitment to treat me with love and kindness, that I'm not going to be in a close relationship with them anymore. And I've said to my immediate family members, that includes you. And, you know, I didn't sure. say, I'm not going to talk to you again if you don't always, because I, I didn't, uh, right. I, I wasn't there yet either. But I was aspiring to always be kind and loving. And so when they weren't kind and loving, I would remind them, I've set this um, goal for myself that I'm going to speak to myself with a loving kindness and everyone else is, I'm holding everyone else to do that too. So I'm inviting you, if you don't have anything to, if you're not going to speak to me with loving kindness, then let's regroup and talk again later. So not saying, I don't want to listen to you, I don't want to hear you, but I, I really want to hear you, and I can't hear you if you're not going to speak to me with loving kindness. Right. I can't hear you when you're shouting at me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I know you're going to have a great answer for this one. This is a big question. I get it all the time. I'm sure you do, too. People would like advice about how to talk to their loved ones about A Course in Miracles. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Well, because they're excited about it. They want to share. They want to share, you know, just like, you know, if if you, like, I just got a new app for my my iPhone. I, I'm telling everyone because I love it. So the same with A Course in Miracles. <laughs> you know? It's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you don't have to. Right. I mean, you can, you know, you, cause you're, but you don't have to. There's nothing that says you've got to, that you've got to do it. But people like to share. It's just like if you find a new restaurant, well, of course. you, you want to tell everybody about right. it. You've, you find this wonderful teaching that's going to, that's, you know, your mind right. is clearing and opening you want to share. So, so, um, 
So you share, you're just sharing concepts and ideas about what seems to work, what seems to be the best way of getting through this world. You don't have to even say it's coming from A Course in Miracles. There's a lot of preachers out there that are sort of sneakingly bringing the Course into their sermons without saying it's coming from A Course in Miracles. Still, uh-huh. this, this is the right concept, the right idea, you know? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. That's right. great. Well, it's been sneaking in over time. <laughs> now, what about with family members who um, think A Course in Miracles is... Um, it's the devil. It's you know channeled work. It's it's the devil. It's yeah. you know it's not. There's only one text. What about? Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't even want to go there. That doesn't mean that you don't. You certainly don't stop being a student yourself. You don't. don't stop studying and practicing the principles for yourself. But there's no. The course does not need to be defended. It doesn't need to, need to be preached, you know. It, it just—if people want to listen to it, that's wonderful. There's something about the course, though, you know, that if you pick up the course and you spend any time with it at all, uh, sometimes it's especially true when somebody's sort of new to the course, you'll begin to read it, and after a while, you'll think, "Whoa, where is this coming from? This is not <clears throat> written. Somebody didn't write this. An ego didn't write this." Mm-hmm. Nobody wrote this. There's there's no agenda here. They're not trying to sell me anything other than to help guide me to my own greatest happiness. So it's a wonderful thing. So the course really that's how it be, why it why it begins to speak to people because you realize even if you won't understand it, you know that it's true. The course is actually um, I think it's a perfect book. It's just amazing. It's just, I, I've been, as I said, 37 years, and I, you can't show me a sentence in the course that I would disagree with. You might show me a sentence I didn't understand, but you wouldn't show me something that I would think was wrong or was a, I haven't been able to find that. Mm. It's not there. Mm-hmm. So it's really endearing, and people, there's something, even if you don't consciously understand that on a deeper heart level you do understand that it's telling the truth that's why it's such a gift that we've been given it's a perfect book and a perfect teacher you know the holy spirit as a guide for our lives we're really lucky you're really fortunate to be able to be have put your foot on this path because it the destination is home the destination is heaven there's no doubt about where it's leading you to. It may be a while to get there, and it, it's going to take a while because the the ego's hold is so tenacious and is so very, very strong. But that doesn't mean you can't find freedom from it. You know, it wasn't created in a day, so it's not going to go away in a day either. <laughs> For most of us, I think, there is great assistance in the Course 
when we recognize that even our relationships with our family members are very often, they be, they begin as special relationships and they can be transformed into holy relationships. See, all you're doing when you're transforming it into a holy relationship or you're moving it toward a holy relationship is that you're not putting any expectations or anticipations onto that person. You're not saying they have to be a right? It's really very simple. That's the loving thing to do. Yes, yes. Well, uh, one of the things I share a lot about, John, is the Buddhist teaching of attachments. So all attachments create suffering. Attachments come in two flavors, cravings and aversions. And so uh, when we have any kind of an attachment, it's going to create suffering. It's going to create upset. And so it's about surrendering that attachment to me, placing it on the altar, offering it to the Holy Spirit, and really being able to stand in the place of, I don't value what I think about this anymore. I'm not interested in what I think anymore. I am interested only in the thoughts I think with God. Right. That's where the whole course is going to the whole purpose of the course is to to realign the mind back to the mind of God. And then you'll have the kind of clarity and peace of mind that you want. I, I was giving a lecture somewhere, I don't know, recently. And that was on several different occasions. I said, what the whole course is about. And I was saying, and later I said, what the whole course is about. <laughs> and you could probably say that about a whole lot of different things. That would, they would all be true. They'd all be right. Uh-huh. You know, it's all about forgiveness. You know, it's all about realigning the mind with the mind of God. But all those things are really saying the same thing. That's why the Course appears to be so incredibly redundant. It, it does keep saying the same thing over and over again, but it's talking about it in a new way and using a different motif than it used last time because we're so dense, we need a lot of different motifs and analogies in order to be able to get it. Yes. Well, we we get so attached to our judgments, our opinions, our point of view, and our perceptions, and uh, we can hold on to them very, very, very tightly. And so uh, each presentation of the same concept in the course coming back to it again and again helps us loosen it a little more loosen it a little more loosen it a little more well you get so loose you get it (laughs) (laughs) and then you have your uh aha ha Uh (laughs) (laughs) which for those who who weren't uh here in the the pre chat the aha ha is when you have that aha and you actually unlock that joy that makes you laugh and uh, I know many times reading the course I have uh, I don't know if you've had this experience John uh, but 
I, I have literally burst into tears because I was so grateful. The book was in my hand. The 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 wisdom was awakening in my mind, and I would I would cry just sobbing, sobbing tears, and it would dissolve into laughter, throwing my head back and laughing and laughing and laughing. <laughs> And I'm sure my neighbors would hear the uh, my oh, laughter. Good, huh? You know, at 5:30 in the morning, I'm laughing and laughing oh. and laughing, and they're probably wondering oh, what right. is going on. She's crying. She's laughing. She's having a nerve breakdown. <laughs> right, right. So we're at time here. Gosh, it went by so quickly. Yeah. I had I had quite it a few did. more questions for you. I'm going to remind people that. The homework class is uh, in just uh, 12 hours from now, so the second class of the week, and and uh, that'll be just with me, and I'm going to share with you my own experiences and the practical ways which I've learned to walk the talk and live the love in my family and in my relationships and amazing, miraculous healing that I've had uh, trans- giving my relationships to the Holy Spirit to be transformed into holy relationships. So I'll be sharing about that in just about 12 hours. And before we complete here, John, I would like to ask you to remind everyone again how they can find you on the web and get the free copy of Miracles magazine and subscribe to your magazine, etc. Well, it's real easy. It's just miraclesmagazine.org. And at the very top of the website, there's a button you push that says click here for a free sample copy, and you do that. And just leave your address, and you'll get probably we get the July, August issue, not the May, June issue, because we'd have to send that out first class. It would go with the the next bulk mailing, Mm -hmm. which would be the July, August edition. And the book is available, of course, just, you know, Barnes and Nobles or Amazon.com or any place. Just type in. And your book, Course Living a Course in Miracles, this is your ninth book? Right. Beautiful. Right. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. I encourage people to uh, check it out. It's It's really helpful in terms of this practical application. Of A Course in Miracles. Very helpful. John, I'm going to say a blessing for us. So uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Keep up your good work. You're doing really incredible work yourself. You're going to be around the country a bit this summer as well. Yeah, I'm going to be in St. Louis first weekend in August offering a retreat. And you're all over the Midwest. This weekend you're at Cleveland at the Course in Miracles conference there. And can people learn about that? Do you have an events page on your website? Yeah, exactly. It's at the, at the top left-hand side of the, the website. They just uh, click on that picture right to their site, which, which talks about the, the event. So John, John is all over the place and uh, hopefully coming to a city near you. <sighs> So, and remember, too, you have 48 hours to listen to the replays for free, and uh, you can get the unlimited replays for only $67 for all 16 classes, 
It's approximately $4 per class. If if you can't make the replay, uh, the free replay, you can always uh, sign up for that. And I do invite you to bring your friends and your family to to share it with you because it's a great way to introduce people to the course and just to have a conversation about the practical application of the teachings and how you can improve your relationships with them. So consider that. I think it's a great way to start a dialogue and to set intention together to really walk the talk and live the love. So I'm going to invite everyone to place your hand on your heart again and we partner up with the Holy Spirit here and remember that the kingdom is within, the treasure is within, it's pre-installed. It is our true identity, our true nature. And we already have within us everything we need. Just like the acorn contains all the intelligence it needs to become a mighty oak tree, we have everything we need already installed to walk the talk and live the love. We have the Holy Spirit as our teacher and we are saying yes right now together in this sacred circle. We are saying yes to being a loving presence in our own life. We're saying yes to being the change that we would like to experience. We're saying yes to being unbotherable, to being open-hearted, to being loving and available, so available for divine inspiration and guidance in every moment. So grateful that we can and we do extend love to everyone, to all of our brothers and sisters, rejoicing that we are already one with them. In grace and gratitude, in joy, we simply say, Amen. Amen, amen. Amen to that. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer, for all the work that you're doing. It's really incredible. My pleasure and my joy is that I know that's true for you, too. Good night, everybody. We love you. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to JenniferHadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.